The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you do for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. We took part in nearly 400 Zoom calls with schools, interviewed nearly 600 players in person by phone or by Zoom. We covered 128 separate pro days. For our friends down in San Francisco, not to one-up them, but we conducted uh, 401 Zoom calls. We interviewed 601 players, and we attended 129 separate pro days. So that's just for our good friend John. It's just a little inside jab. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, I love it. I love Petty. <laughs> I love oh, that it. was great. That take was. that, John Lynch. <laughs> hey, John Lynch, are you going to take that from... From John Schneider, are you going to take that from him? Man. Are you really going to take that? What's the world coming to? <laughs> I love it. Instigate I love a feud it. <laughs> between the Seahawks and the 49ers. That was awesome. That awesome. was. They're on a roll yesterday between the cardboard cutouts and then having a little fun there with that. Like, and that's just the right fun, like to where it's a joke. And like, I think if you're the 49ers, like you chuckle, but you're also like. I hope we kick the crap out of them twice next year. It's just the right, the right, like kind of humor there for for a competitive rival there in your division. Schneider keeps a very low profile. He, he likes does. it that way, but but uh, he is sneaky hilarious, and we saw some of that yesterday. Mike, so one of the one like of the that things much. that I'm I'm really interested with the the whole draft thing, and just because like you know we heard Lynch rattle it off and Schneider have fun with all that stuff. It, the end of the draft. You know, that's going to be an interesting thing, too, this year, just because I've gotten the sense from a lot of people that, like, you know, lack of information, lack of players playing, like where you hear, like, teams go, like, I I don't know who we're going to pick in some of these. How is what's who's on the board? Is there enough players to be drafted this year that are draftable, like legit and every year draftable type, you know, guys? I think that's like a real thing as we get to the sixth and seventh round this year. I think we might have some guys called where like one team is like, we didn't even have him on our board. Like, who is this guy? And then another team might be like, yeah, we, we think he's draftable, obviously. So 
that could be just something fun that kind of popped in my head here. Listen to that. Well, because usually there's a land rush for undrafted free agents as soon as the draft ends, and the NFL has capped the number of players who can participate in the rookie minicamp coming up later next month on a tryout basis, but maybe there won't be that 15 to 20 right. guys signed right out of the gates. Maybe teams will hold back those roster spots and maybe wait and see and find a way to give guys tryouts, give guys workouts, get them in the building where they can actually yeah, eyeball right, them right. in a way that they couldn't personally eyeball them during the draft. Yeah, that process. that might be a thing. You you might be onto something there. That that's what happens. Yeah, those guys that they weren't sure about, they just go, yeah, bring them in at some point and all right, now let's get a look at them and they'll, they'll make the determination there. But just such an odd year. There's so many different storylines for what could go on tonight and this weekend. Yeah, I've seen that for a couple of different teams, they have like 125 draftable players. It's like, well, but there's there's like 260 draft picks. I, that's, like, what if you run out because uh-huh. other teams like those same guys? I, what do you do? I think there's a I think there's a number of teams that yes, that that's see that's what happens too when also you organize your board just on draftable players, right? That's where. You know, I, I think there's a lot of teams that don't make it like that. They have a grading system and everybody is graded and we don't really, you know, hey, yeah, if they get drafted, they get drafted or whatever. But that's not like a thing like draftable players like that. We just we've got a we've got a million grades and we got them stacked in a way. So we're ready. But, yeah, there are teams that do it that way in the draft to where I, I'm, I'm with you. And I think there's a real concern from those teams where they're looking at it going like, wait, we might have to draft a few guys at the end of the draft that, like you just said, are not draftable to us, and we don't have a lot of information on it. I think there's a handful of teams that are going to be dealing with that this weekend. Let me give you an example. 1972, the draft went at least 17 rounds deep. Now it's only seven. The Falcons, with their 17th round pick, had Coach Norm Van Brocklin stand up and yell to his staff, do we want the roughest, toughest SOB in the draft? The staff said yes. So he called NFL headquarters and said, Atlanta picks John Wayne of Fort Apache State. The John Wayne, who at the time was in his mid-60s, Pete Rosell, commissioner, the pick. So, (laughs) hey, if if you run out of guys to draft, you may as well have some fun. (laughs) You might as well. Yep. I guess he was a tough SOB for sure. So, yeah. All right. It's going to be fun to see. One of the issues hovering over the draft that we've kind of forgotten about. I mean, it's been the biggest story in the NFL for six weeks. Now, as the draft approaches, it's been crickets as it relates to Deshaun Watson. And let me preface all this by saying, as usual, I don't know a damn thing. But I will say this. Based upon studying this case very carefully, following every development, throwing the 18 years I practiced law onto the fire to help understand what's occurring, when you have such a high-profile and public piece of litigation, as we've seen with Deshaun Watson, 22 plaintiffs, Tony Busby, who represents all 22 plaintiffs, actively on social media, multiple press conferences, and you've got Rusty Harden, high-profile lawyer who represents Deshaun Watson, and he's responded with statements in a press conference and and it just it, they have been at each other's throats. And then since last Friday when they were in court making some serious accusations of destruction of evidence by the parties involved, six days later, Chris, there hadn't been a damn thing said, tweeted, Instagrammed, nothing. It's been silent. Why, Mike? And based Why on think? everything. Well, well, there's only one explanation. And the explanation is that the lawyers realize. There's a window of opportunity 
to settle these cases because from Deshaun Watson's perspective, what he's willing to compensate the alleged victims for, the amount that he's willing to pay, and it boils down to, and I know it seems odd to people who aren't familiar with the legal system, it basically is haggling over the price of a used car when the time comes to work out a case. The numbers take over. You set aside what's right and wrong. You set aside what happened. You turn it into something that will be palatable in the form of justice for the individual who has a grievance against the defendant. I think that they're trying to work something out. This is the time to do it. It's got no more value to Deshaun Watson than right now. Because if we hear at some point today that a preliminary settlement has been reached between Deshaun Watson and the 22 individuals, or they're not even not even preliminary, it's done. Paperwork signed, sealed, and delivered. It's over. Criminal investigation's over. He's free and clear from a legal standpoint. No commissioner exemplist to worry about. If that happens today, he's in play to get traded during the draft. I, I, I don't doubt that. You know, Mike, it goes back again. You know, I, I, I was surprised. Remember about two weeks ago when I told you I just some of the things I was kind of hearing from teams where people were still kind of keeping this alive a little bit. Like they thought this was going to get resolved. And, you know, yeah, listen, there was some insensitive takes there a little bit from what I heard from people around the NFL and all that. But he's he's unless it's like something absolutely egregiously horrible happens or something like that to where it's just like, wow, there's great evidence here. And, you know, Watson is every bit the jerk we think or thought he was in this whole process or whatever. And I'm not trying to judge. I'm just giving it for instance, you know, um, I, I think he's too damn talented. He's too good. So if they find a deal and they get this done and, now there's a you know a financial agreement done with all the the plaintiffs and everything like that. There, there's gonna still be a lot of interest in this guy. He's one of the five, ten best players in the league. There's no doubt about that. It's just about we're dwindling away with the teams that possibly can make a, a play for him here as we we go through the draft. One of the points that was made last week by Rusty Harden, the lawyer for Deshaun Watson, when the official paperwork was filed in response to these 22 lawsuits, and this was not a document that was crafted for the benefit of the courts. It was a document that got filed with the courts, but it was crafted for the benefit of the media, I believe, to help us better understand their position. There's only a small handful of individuals who claim that there was any type of forcible misconduct by Deshaun Watson. I believe a settlement number one, would likely entail a greater payment for those persons, and number two, it would entail some sort of a retraction by them of the allegation of forcible misconduct. I think that's a critical ingredient to getting Deshaun Watson to a place where he is employable yeah, by another NFL right, team right. and won't be facing a full-season suspension by the league because that's the other side of it, Chris. Yes. Even though the commissioner exempt list goes away, which is paid leave, it likely undoubtedly goes away because there's no – there's no reason to wait and see what happens. There's nothing further to happen. The cases are over. It's done. It's finito, as Pat Shermer said a couple of years ago. But he's still going to get suspended, I believe. When you look at what happened with Ben Roethlisberger in 2010, yep. where there were two claims. One was a lawsuit. One never even became a lawsuit. He wasn't prosecuted. He wasn't civilly charged. May have been a settlement. Two incidents. And when you look at the language of the letter from the commissioner of Ben Roethlisberger, it's very easy to take lines and reasoning from that letter and apply it to Deshaun Watson, given this whole at least 40 people 
who he was getting massages from, and the admission by Rusty Harden of some consensual activity during some of these massages. I think that's enough for the league to impose a suspension. The question is, what's it going to be? Two, four, eight, who knows? But I think that that is more palatable for a team that would trade for him yeah. than this 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 uncertainty. Right. What, what, what's How gonna, long will this go? Is it two yeah. years? Right. We're going to have to pay him more than $45 million over the next two years yeah. while he's on the commissioner exempt list. So these get cleared away, and the clock's ticking loudly. Uh, I, I can't remember the very profound thing you said about time before the program. I it, should remember it because ticking. it really was. Time keeps ticking. Time keeps ticking toward the draft, and if they're going to do it, it's got to happen. And it doesn't happen have to happen before the draft begins, but I think at some point this weekend we need to hear that it's happened. And I think the teams that would be interested, and we're going to pivot to that now, they need to be clued in behind the scenes. Yeah, it is moving in that direction, right? so they need to be ready to make their move if and when this deal's done. That that's that's to me like the big thing is there like you know let's. I don't think we're surprised by any of the teams we heard that are interested, right? The Dolphins, the Jets, the Patriots, the Broncos, Washington, Chicago, the Panthers, the 49ers are all the teams we thought and talked about and discussed, you know, back when before Deshaun Watson and all these allegations became about. So all the, a lot of those teams, more than half of them, it's gone. It's fallen by the wayside. You know, the, I think the Jets conversation is over. The Denver conversation, I believe, is over now. Uh, the Carolina and the 49er conversation is over. So that leaves it down to, uh, I guess New England can still be in this conversation, but Miami, Washington, and Chicago. And yeah, I mean, I think what jumps out to me is like, we know Miami's not in the draft for a quarterback, or at least we think so, unless that's something crazy that happens tonight. But Washington and the Bears might be. And yeah, this weekend could dictate their ability to make a move for Watson if he did become available next week or anything like that. So that's where, you know, you're right. That investigative information, having some firsthand knowledge of what's really going on down there could help some of those teams if they're still got him on their radar. Even though Miami has never been in serious play for a quarterback in this draft, and the moment they traded from 3 to 12, even though they swung back to 6 and are in position to catch one of these guys as they fall, and I can't rule out anything at this point, but they've always been linked loosely to Watson, Definitely. regardless of what they're thinking about in in the draft. Because Deshaun Watson to Atonga Bailoa, I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's Deshaun Watson. We instantly knew Deshaun Watson in 2017, the minute he got on the field, the guy's special. Franchise quarterbacks manifest themselves very quickly and very obviously the moment that they're out there playing against NFL-caliber competition. Chris, I look at this list of teams yeah. that you mentioned. The only two that I think are definitely out are the Jets and the 49ers, given their plans to take their future franchise quarterbacks tonight at two and three, respectively. I think everybody else is in play. Yeah. I think the Panthers are in play. You're right. They I are. I think they're in play. They are. They could trade Sam Darnold to the Texans and the Texans. That You're right. They could do that. You're right. So I'm, I'm, I was wrong about it originally saying that. Uh, I, I agree. You know, I, it's I'm glad you brought it up because I was really sitting here going, wait, the Broncos could trade Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater to the Texans, too. For Deshaun Watson. So they're, they're, they're not out of it. I was wrong to say that right off the bat. That was kind of me being caught by the, the things that have gone on here in recent history. So you're right. I, I, I think you can keep everybody alive except for the Jets and the 49ers at this point. Drew Locke's best moment by far 
happened Houston, in Houston against right? the Texans right. with Jack Easterby and Cal McNair there to witness it in the 2019 season. So uh, affordable back end of a rookie contract, and uh, you throw him into that trade, and you you help bolster the quarterback position in Houston as part of that deal. And the more teams they can get interested, you know, for a while we're thinking, well, if the Texans are going to get anything, it's going to be next to nothing. They could swing this thing back and and get a decent return if there are, you know, two, three, four teams that are clamoring to try to get him. Two other teams I want to mention. Right. Because I I reported a couple weeks ago the Eagles are a team that will be. And, you know, maybe they weren't before – the legal issues, but now that they see an opportunity to possibly buy low, they will be in it. Now, maybe the price goes up quickly and they're out, but I think they are a team to monitor. And what about the Raiders? I, you think Deshaun Watson going to turn up his nose at the chance to – now, I don't know that the Texans want Derek Carr after what happened with David Carr, but do you really think John Gruden wouldn't explore the possibility of getting Deshaun Watson? Uh, I mean, no. He's going he's gonna to take a look. I would think, you know, of course, Watson's special, like, you know, like we've talked about. So they're going to look, but I, 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 don't, I don't think the Raiders are going get, to get interested in that to, to a point to where they're going to be a major player. I don't. I think Derek Carr played too well last year, and I'll go back to, like, what I said back at the time, too, a little bit. He's finally wired his robot, what I mean that with Gruden and Carr, and they got a lot of other things they got to deal with on their football team. I mean, we've we spent some time on it over the last two weeks. I mean, it, it, this is a big draft for them. They, they got major holes. You know, it's it's going into year four with Gruden, and there's still holes on the roster here. So that, to me, would be also the other reason, I think. You know, stand pat with what you got. He's trying to build something. Watson's intriguing, but I don't know if I would do it if I'm the Raiders. I wouldn't, is what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, but just be, be advised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one of those potential lightning bolts that that can come either out of the blue and you have no idea it may happen, or when it happens, you're going to say, "Hey, those two idiots today were talking about it." And look, here, here, it, here it comes. And now, which would instantly become the biggest story of the draft: Deshaun Watson back in play. Yeah, cases resolved traded to a new team. So yeah. keep that on your radar screen as tonight approaches. We're gonna play a game of one to ten with some draft rumors when this draft day edition of pft live continues right after this Today's speed round is brought to you by Verizon. Let's get right to it. Scale of 1 to 10 in today's Verizon 5G speed round. Chris, how likely is it, with obviously 10 being the most likely, that the Broncos trade down due to significant interest in the ninth overall pick? I I, I think that's, you know, pretty high on the Richter scale there, where I'm going to go like an 8 with the Broncos. I think it's a prime spot to where if one of the quarterbacks do fall that people could trade up to look for. And also at number nine, you're getting to that spot too, Mike, like we discussed earlier. It's like the premium elite players are starting to dwindle off the board. So if you want one of those top type of players, you know, that's going to be the time where teams are going to be thinking about trading up for one of the receivers or maybe one of the better defensive players in the draft. 
George Payton comes from Minnesota where GM Rick Spielman loves to trade down and get more picks, more picks, more picks. And one of the key value items this year that we've been talking about, flipping a 2021 pick where you've had limited scouting ability for a 2022 pick where the scouting ability will be dramatically enhanced, we hope, because the pandemic, we hope, Please, I hope. will be completely over by then. Scouting combine, pro day workouts, private workouts, player visits, the things that other than the pro day workouts we didn't have this year. Yeah. How likely is it? And I'll agree with you. I'll go eight as well. I'll take your eight. I'm not going to be contrarian just to pick a different number. I agree with you. I think that, that, uh, there will be interest in nine and they will be inclined to entertain trading down. And I think they will saints trade up for Virginia tech cornerback, Caleb Farley. How likely is it scale of one to 10? Trade up is where I just don't know if I can get behind that. So I'm going to go like a four there because I it, I just don't think you is as awesome as Caleb Farley is. Man, I mean, it, it's risky to trade up assets to go get a guy that's had two back surgeries and, you know, all of that type of stuff. That's where I guess I get a little scared of it. I think if he fell to them, I think they would take him. But trade up, I can't get behind that. Yeah, I agree with you. If he falls, great. But there's too much risk involved to give up future assets or other assets in this draft right. when they don't have a ton of picks anyway to jump up and get a guy when there is that risk that that maybe he's not going to be as good as he can be for health reasons in the NFL. I'll, I'll go even lower than four. I'll say yeah. two and a half. Yeah, it's probably that more one. there. Yeah. One to ten. How likely is it that Washington trades up but not for a quarterback? Uh, okay. I don't see – I'll put this at like six because I do think there's a possibility where um, – I'm going to sneak – excuse me. Sorry. I'm trying to hold oh, it in. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Um, it's You know, there's a lot of pollen in the air up here. I'm dealing with allergies. But I think I could see a scenario maybe where if there was a run on the offensive lineman in the first round to maybe where Washington felt like they might not get one because that's their biggest glaring need other than maybe the quarterback like we've talked about is probably getting an offensive lineman. I can maybe see that being like, oh, gosh, you know, everybody's going off the board. There's only, you know, we're four picks away or five picks away, and there's only two of the guys we like left or something like that. So I'll, I'm going to make it a five, not a six, a five. I'll agree with you there. I'll go ahead and make it – I'll make it a, a four and a half. Uh, so I'm not agreeing with you, even though I said I was. But, you know, you could trade up a couple spots. Yes. I mean, we, we see that. Right. That's not out of the question. And, yeah, you don't get a quarterback. You're just trying to get the guy that you want because there's a run on the position where you have need. So you better go get the guy that you want to get. Giants or Chargers trade up for tackle Penny Sewell if he falls past the Bengals at five. Scale of one to ten, how likely is it that either of those teams – make the move to go get Sewell, Giants or Chargers? I'll give a I'll give a six to that, but I think it's more like – I think that I'm going to say the Giants are low on that. I'm going to more like sway with the Chargers maybe doing that. Sewell is special. He really is. I think there's a lot of people that view him as like being really special and then others that think, okay, he's just – he's one of the top three guys. Uh, but the Giants, I, I, I guess where I just look at that and go – you know, they, they do they drafted a tackle in the top six last year. They have Nate Solder coming back. You know, they drafted a Will Hernandez in the second round a few years ago. So I, I guess I just don't envision them trading up. So the Chargers are the ones I'd maybe have my eye on in that situation. And, you know, I asked 
Penny Sewell earlier this week about playing for the Chargers because Justin Herbert really wants to reunite with him, and L.A. would be a lot closer to American Samoa than Detroit or Atlanta or Cincinnati. He said, oh, that's fine, but not at 13. He, he knows how this works. You want to be drafted as high as you possibly can be drafted. And he said one of the reasons is he just wants the stress to be over. So the Chargers would have to trade up. He's not going to be there at 13. No. He's not going to be there at 11. He won't be there when the top 10 end. All right. How like, and I, so I'll go, I'll, I'll say if he gets past the Bengals, I'll call it, I'll call it a, a six that the Chargers do it and a, and a one and a half that the Giants do it. So yeah. I think we're on the same page yeah. there. Eagles trading up. For Alabama receiver Jalen Waddle, scale of one to ten, how likely? I'm going to go three here. I just don't see the likelihood of that. If Jalen Waddle falls to them at twelve, yeah, I definitely could see them making that type of pick. There's no doubt. But for a team that truly is like a rebuild right now, you're 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 retooling the the whole franchise. That, to me, trading up for the wide receiver in a draft, again, that's got a lot of good wide receivers, doesn't make a ton of sense for the Eagles situation. Yeah, on our mock draft, we have Jalen Waddell actually landing with the Eagles at number 12. Back-to-back Alabama receivers, Devontae Smith 11 to the Giants, Jalen Waddell 12 to the Eagles. 1 to 10, how likely is it that South Carolina cornerback J.C. Horn son of former NFL receiver Joe Horn, is drafted before Alabama corner Patrick Sertain, the second son of former Dolphins cornerback Patrick Sertain, the first. Yeah, some uh, sons of legends here. I I think I'm going to go with um, a real low number where it's like I'm going to say one. I am. I mean, I think Patrick Sertain for most people is looked at as the number one corner in the draft. He you know, of course, has played at Alabama, had that coaching, and, of course, was phenomenal this past year. So you have more evidence of him playing and doing that stuff than J.C. Horn, who, you know, uh, opted out after a a game or two. Um, So I'm going to say one there. Last, And I'll I'll say say two, just because I don't want – I don't feel like agreeing with you, but it's very low, very low. Packers drafting receiver Rashad Bateman opted out this year from the University of Minnesota. Scale of 1 to 10, do the Packers make Aaron Rodgers happy this year after spending none draft picks? Would none be accurate? None draft picks on receivers last year. Well, I, I'm, I'll, I'll think there's a chance uh, for the wide receiver position. Okay, like I want to say, all right, I'll give that like an 8 that there's a chance they go wide receiver. Rashad Bateman... You know, do I want to pin that name to him? No, I think I would go a little lower than that. You know, I like Rashad Bateman. To me, he is not a first-round talent. I'd be disappointed as an Aaron Rodgers fan going, wait, they took him and not Kadarius Toney or Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU or the big play threat De'Ami Brown from North Carolina. Like, I would think there's going to be some better players on the board uh, than Bateman. So that's where – Bateman's a weird one. You know, he's a, there's a love, there's a love hate I think there with him because if you watch his film from two years ago, it's way more impressive than what you see from last year, and that's the the dividing line or the 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 thing that's kind of gets argued a lot with that player in this draft. Yeah, you know, look, I agree with you as well. The Packers need receivers, and and I I just wonder how much of what happens over the next three days will be a manifestation of the current dysfunction 
between team and quarterback? Yeah, and I know. will they shy away I... from receiver just to just to twist it a little bit more? That very subtle but palpable tension between organization and franchise quarterback. That that part of it will be fun to see how it plays out. Let's take a break. When we return. We're going to have a very broad and open-ended draft of the things we want to see happen tonight as the draft, the non-virtual draft, is back. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Pro Football Talk is brought to you by Verizon, built right for business. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. At the theater, more than the movies come to life... Movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Best of the 2020 draft, the virtual draft. Javon Kinlaw's dad collapses onto the floor. That's how happy he was. There's Jerry Jones, socially distanced on his yacht. Cliff Kingsbury in his mansion. Look at that fire. Oh, oh that looks great. so inviting. Great. That is just awesome. Sure, it was cold out there in Arizona during that time. Remember Mike Vrabel. Oh, with I don't know what that was going well, on, and there was a going bi- the and yeah, right. there, there's, there's speculation that somebody was uh, going number two in the room. There's Belichick's dog Nike. Final preparations as I gaze into my magic bill ball. I love Let's it. go hashtag NFL draft. A uh, lot of fun, and uh, look, this year's ratings. I've been meaning to write this at PFT. I think it was John Orand of Sports Business Journal, one of the fine reporters there last night, explained that the NFL is trying to manage expectations for viewership tonight because last year's draft happened in a desert of nothing. Remember how excited we were about the draft last year? Couldn't wait. It was, was live no basketball, TV. Right. No hockey. No, no baseball. Basketball. Nothing. This was it. Yeah. And so the big numbers from last year, they're not going to be duplicated this year. And the NFL is trying to get people to understand that that, that uh, is, is just going to be part of the reality. The hardcore fans are going to watch, but uh, it's not going to be the curiosity that it was for the people who, you know, had nothing else to watch. And it was something live, something new, something fresh and uh, something that was very compelling at a time when the pandemic was very new. All right. 
So the draft for today, the things we want to see happen tonight in round one. Chris, here's your trivia question. This is the first time the Jaguars are ever holding the first overall pick in the draft. However, three prior times they have taken the second selection in the draft. Name two of the players that the Jaguars have selected at number two overall. I, I mean, I saw this question a few, like a minute ago, and this is, I, I so, all right, Tony Baselli is number one, right? Yes. Now, this is where I, 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 I cannot, don't do this yet, okay? Don't put the horn. This is not my answer, Nicole. Womp, womp, womp. I know, because. You're just going to start throwing out names and hope to get one? Well, no, I mean, I'm tossing around, like, I'm pretty sure Jalen Ramsey was after two. Blake Bortles was two or three. And I want to say he was three, and I just can't think of who else would be number two. All right, I'm going to do this one. Here we go. I'm going to say John. No, it wasn't him. John Henderson. I'm wrong. That's not him. Nope. Kevin Hardy in 1996, oh. Luke Jokel in 2013. Damn. Remember Luke Jokel? I wouldn't have thought it. Yeah. That, man, I totally forgot about Luke Jokel out of Texas A&M. Holy cow. Yep. So, all right. It came down to Eric Fisher, Luke Jokel, the two tackles, because it was presumed to be Luke Jokel, and then the Chiefs went Eric Fisher instead, and uh, both currently out of the league, but Fisher has a chance to be back in. He had yeah. that torn Achilles That's last right. year, and the Chiefs cut him. All right, things that we want to see tonight, and God, this can go in so many different directions. Here's the first thing I'd like to see for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Let's, let's not boo Roger Goodell. That's played out. <laughs> Good luck. It's played out. It's I know, but but like Cleveland, this is last year. Nobody had the draft. Last year, everybody was stuck at home. Remember last year, they had that kind of goofy attempt at self awareness where the fans booed Goodell, and it was all one big joke. And I think it's played out. I think it's over. Let's not boo the commissioner. It's the commissioner who has made the draft into a traveling road show, even though it kind of happened by accident. The Hammerlock at Radio City Music Hall ended years ago. It was the commissioner who wanted to take it city to city. Cleveland, be positive. Be happy that you have the draft. Let's not boo the commissioner tonight. I, I know that I I'm know it's you. a pipe dream, right. but I, I hope I just feel like that window is closed. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of seeing that crap, too. I am. He, he does a ton of good for the league. He really has. He's been an incredible commissioner that way. I, I'm sick of the booing of Roger Goodell or the booing of any owner of a franchise that hasn't won like five championships. If you don't win five championships, then you don't get booed as an owner, but everybody else gets booed. I'm just like, why? Cause they're rich or powerful. They just, that's their, that's our line for booing people now. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, this is a pretty easy first pick for me. All right. What do I want to see? Okay. I want to see the Minnesota Vikings miss a pick, and I get to talk about it and have a lot of fun with you tomorrow morning on the show because I'm working tomorrow, Mike. This damn five-day schedule ain't cool. Yes. I don't like yes. it. The hell with yes. this crap. Damn, this is really a Thursday on a Thursday. This stinks. I hate it. But that, again, and that's not personal to Rick Spielman or Mike Zimmer, any of you guys, I don't wish that on you. I'm just wishing it on – that guy, that guy right there, I just want to see him go through the torment and everything like that. So that's what I want to see more than anything tonight. The Vikings miss a pick.
you know, I'm going to pivot then away from what my next pick was going to be. It was going to be I want to see the 49ers take Justin Fields at number three just because that sets the stage for chaos thereafter, especially right. as it relates to the destination of Mac Jones. But based on what you said earlier, and I'm not going to let you forget it, I want the Patriots to draft Justin Fields because, as you said earlier, <laughs> yeah. and we can play the tape back any time, <laughs> right. if the Patriots end up with Justin Fields in any way, shape, or form, yep. you are wearing – t-shirt tomorrow that we will not be able to tell that you have a t-shirt on because the t-shirt will be every bit as white as the skin that is hiding under your dress shirt today uh, yep that's right that's right you better hope that happens I, I i will have my white tank top on as i do always underneath these shirts and i'll do it i'll have my gun showing and everything so that will be really embarrassing i hope i don't uh hope that doesn't happen all right. Two hours. Not just Chris Carter ripping off his dress shirt with his undershirt on like he did during a Come On Man segment. No, years no, ago. this is a full this segment. Is two hours I'll, oh, of t shirt. You want a two? I thought I said just a full segment. I thought that's what I okay, said. Okay, well, I think segment is all I need. I think can we don't want to we'll make do everybody turn the channel on the show. All right. Let's do seg one. Right. It's got to be seg one because seg one's going to be extra long tomorrow. So Damn, seg you're one right. of the show. So I'll be wearing it for 40 minutes sun's, tomorrow. <laughs> sun's out, guns out. All right. All right. My next one, we kind of just talked about this a little bit, but oh, can we get him a wide receiver in round one ever? Oh, Aaron Rodgers, give him some help. I want to see the freaking Packers take a wide receiver, take a weapon, take somebody that scares the defense, and let like give some Rodgers some gifts. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I love Aaron Rodgers. He's the best quarterback of all time. He's been done wrong by the organization, and I'm just sick of it. I can't take it. So I want to see them get him a real difference maker on that side of the ball to where it's just not always on him to have to play the most perfect game ever for them to win every Sunday. I'm so sick of that crap. So, yes, uh, Packers, draft a receiver. You've given me an idea because this year they've got 13. Well, it's down to 12 now because Caleb Farley's not there, and I don't know whether they backfilled his spot with someone else. But they had 13 scheduled to be – at the draft. Yeah. 45 prospects with setups in their home where they can participate virtually and we'll see them there like we did last year. Right. Why not set up some veteran players? Select veteran players with cameras in their homes the night <laughs> of the draft. Be, yeah. So we can see their reaction <laughs> to their team's pick. I mean, they could watch right. Aaron Rodgers, first of all, watching Jeopardy and critiquing Anderson Cooper. That would be awesome. And then he turns it over to the draft. He's sitting there with scotch if it's good, tequila if it's bad. <laughs> yeah. And we see as we creep <laughs> toward the Packers pick, how's he going to react? Wouldn't that be great? Oh, that would be amazing. I'd be all for that. I really would be. It would be great. The only thing is, is just, yes, you'd have to you'd have to go for the superstar players in the draft because you know, the guys that aren't superstars, there's a good chance that somebody gets drafted at your position and it's going to be not a great reaction on TV. Who knows what happens then? You might have four letter words and a lot of other things go on, but uh, that would be fun. Like we love that Lamar video he made back in the day. Remember when they drafted Hollywood Brown and how excited he was walking around his living room or whatever. That is great TV. I love seeing that stuff, but it's not a bad Vaughn idea. Vaughn Miller, when the Broncos drafted Bradley Chubb, exactly how right. excited he was. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I would like to see that. All right, next one for me, I want to see the Browns trade up. We talked earlier in this week about how they can't trade down out of the round. Their fans would not like that at all. 
I think the burst of excitement that would happen at the draft location if the commissioner walks to the podium and says we have a trade, the Browns are now on the clock, I, I, I think that's the kind of moment that we tune in for for these drafts. Yeah. Let's get those Browns fans excited. There's not going to be nearly as many people as we've seen at past drafts, but it, it will get loud, it will get raucous, it will get very exciting if the Browns trade up tonight. Definitely would. I mean, yes. You might hear the whole roar of the city just in the background with that. You forget the people at the draft, but that's a good one by you. I didn't think about anything Brown-centric that way. That would be fun to watch and just see the excitement and everybody. We know Cleveland lives and dies with that football team, and they really got something to live for right now. It's pretty cool. Um, all right, I'm going to go to one that just kind of hits home for me personally. I want to see – you're just asking me what I want to see. I want to see Jalen Phillips and Caleb Farley go in the top 20. That's what I want to see. You know, I, I don't know. I guess I have a soft spot in my heart for guys that are super, super talented. And, yeah, they've had some bad breaks. But, like, Jalen Phillips, a pass rusher from the Miami Hurricanes, Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, are no doubt top five players in the draft. And if they don't have medical issues, they are top five picks in this draft. I, I hate to see great talents like that fall, right, because of some mishaps or bad luck or whatever it may be. So I'm rooting for them to not fall too far and uh, you know, kind of have a w get get their wish that way. All right, uh, those are the things that we would like to see. We're going to take a break, and when we wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live, we'll talk about a thing that we predict will happen tonight. As my voice barely holds up as we go to tough. break, we'll be back with more PFT Live <laughs> when it's time to change. We'll be right back. <laughs> just a ploy by McVay to allow himself the opportunity to take his shirt off again and jump in the pool like he did on, on Hard Knocks. Um, probably sip a little rosé, dip in the ocean, and, and make some draft picks. So I think more than anything, he had that up, so it should be fun to watch. Hopefully, as long as we remain asymptomatic and our tests come back negative, which that's what's occurred over the last couple days, we'll be able to have fun, and um, maybe I'll be able to take my shirt off when we draft, like Cliff Kingsbury said. Back and forth. It's it's on the in the West, NFC West. Right? You got the general managers calling each other out for bragging about how much work they did, and now you got two of the coaches from two of the other teams bragging about how buff they are. Kind of a strange division right now, Chris. I, I you know, like they're like friendly but not friendly. Like those were jabs that were thrown out there. That's gonna it's that's it's good. Hey, I love it. All four of those head coaches and, and GMs got personality and some fighting in them, so that's a great division, and it sounds like it's going to even be better this year. Give me your bold prediction for round one. Well, I'm going to go with like something that you know. Again, I did on my mock draft, but th this is where uh, my my listen. I know I have Justin Fields falling, but me, I'm going to go with the one that I really believe can happen. That it, that we're going to see Washington trade up to Carolina and make a move for Trey Lance because they're going to be worried that maybe the Denver Broncos or one of those teams after them, maybe New England might want to trade up for a Trey Lance. That would be my bold prediction right there. My bold prediction, and it covers ground that we discussed earlier, but it's definitely a bold prediction. At some point before the end of round one, we're going to hear that Deshaun Watson has settled his 20 Ooh. prediction. 
That's my prediction. That's going to turn everything upside down. That would be amazing. My money's on Miami if that happens. Miami still has a ton of assets even going into next year's draft to make a move for Deshaun Watson, who, like you said earlier, might not be as expensive as he was, you know, two months ago. That's for sure. I don't know that the trade happens tonight, but I think the foundation is put in place for the trade to happen between round one and round two. So maybe it's a second rounder plus a first rounder next year. Who knows? Who knows? But I think the door is going to swing open. It's, it's my prediction. Yeah. Don't know anything. Never do. My prediction tonight, if you want a bold one, Deshaun Watson That's is going to be bold. back in play by midnight tonight. Here's hoping, NFL, that we can get this thing done before midnight. Some of us have to work early tomorrow morning, including Chris. I mean, it's I got to work, Friday NFL. For Chris. Get this show it's on Thursday. the road. You got to work tomorrow, baby. We'll see everybody tomorrow morning. Enjoy the draft. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.